what can you outsource and what can you give yourself permission to let go of? Then, and only then, will you have space to even consider what comes next. Otherwise, you are just dumping more mashed potatoes on your plate and you're going to increase the amount of overwhelm. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rule, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Good morning, friends. Welcome back to Gathering Growth. I don't know if it's morning where you are listening to right now. Maybe you're on a nice evening walk watching the sunset. I just got in from a walk. Not that you care what the weather is like here, but it is like awkwardly cool. Like I'm talking low 70s and has been for several days. It has been the weirdest growing season ever. Okay. If you're not in agriculture, Maybe this will be new information. (laughs) Maybe none of this will make sense. If you are in ag, send me a message and let me know what's going on in your corner of the world. So basically, it did not rain. I mean, did not rain from the time we planted until basically July. Beginning of July, we were like, well, our crops are toast. Like, will there even be anything to harvest? This is, you know, total loss. Thank goodness for insurance. And then the first week in July, we got some miracle rains that somehow revived everything. Stuff started tasseling, and we weren't even sure if there was going to be anything viable. And then it was. Now we are getting all of the rain that we did not get and needed in May and June. And it is cool and humid. So obviously, disease is (laughs) ramping up. Like The other day, Andrew and I were sitting at the pool. The one and only pool day we have been able to have in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, so when do you think we're going to start harvest? Which is always the million dollar question, especially given I am currently 30 weeks pregnant and we are expecting a harvest baby. And he was like, I honestly don't know. (laughs) He's like, is it going to dry out? Like it may be, maybe we're going to start early. We planted super early, but like also what's even going on here? (sighs) Never a dull moment. In life in general, no matter where you live or what you do, but gosh, especially in agriculture. So yeah, send me a message. What's going on in your corner of the world? What a weird, weird, weird year. I would not be mad if we started harvest early. Like I said, baby is supposed to come in the middle of October. Everyone keeps asking me, what's your due date? I'm like, this is my third kid. Like my due date is whenever this kid decides to get here. Like, I don't know, middle of October. So we'll see. I'm just glad that I'm not expecting a harvest baby for my first baby. I think I would be a nervous wreck, like just anticipating the unknowns of what that's going to look like. My husband and my father-in-law keep assuring me it's going to be fine, but I know what's going to happen. They're going to be like, hey, Emily, it's going to rain this weekend. Do you think that the baby could come then? Or I'm going to be like, it is time to go to the hospital. And they're going to be like, "Mm, can we finish this field? Can we can we finish filling the bin? (laughs) And obviously I have no way to predict how this is going to pan out. 
because everything has been different about this pregnancy. But my last two, I labored at home for well over 24 hours before ever going to the hospital. Like I'm a go to the hospital at the last minute kind of person, but everyone says that everything happens faster the third time around. So who knows? Who knows? Anyway, it is back to school week here, at least at the time of this recording. I don't know about you. My kids are bouncing off the wall. So excited for back to school, which I am really grateful for because And this is semi-related to the topic of today's podcast episode, but I just want to throw this in here because it's been on my mind a lot this week. I spent a lot of this summer and maybe even some of last school year feeling like I should want to homeschool them. And if you are a homeschool mom, rock on. I am so proud and excited for that journey for you. But I know in my gut that it is not the right fit for our family. And I think I have like double guilt around it because I was an elementary school teacher. Like, I'm like, Emily, of all people, like you should want to or know how to or feel motivated to homeschool your kids. But I, I just don't. And I feel like, gosh, and this really goes into the topic of today's conversation, but I feel like social media, first of all, is filled with people who are making that choice, which again, fantastic, wonderful. There are so many reasons. If you want to get me on a soapbox for hours, ask me my perception of our education system because I have a lot to say from the inside out. And so I totally resonate with why people are making that choice. But first of all, my daughter is the most social butterfly ever. She loves, 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 loves going to school, being with her friends, loves her teachers, loves learning songs, loves doing everything. She is just like, has such a joy for life that she just thrives. My son is the one that's made me be like, oh gosh, would it be better if I was doing that? But he has a lot of what I'm starting to pick up as different neurodivergencies. And so that's what's made me question whether or not school is the right fit for him. But he also thrives on routine. And knowing what my husband and I do for work, I know that At home, we cannot provide the same kind of structure that a school day does. And so there are pros and cons to everything, but like he is like so fired up about like getting his backpack ready and having it in just the right spot. And what time's the bus going to get here? And I need to get on it. And where am I going to sit? And what like I think that there's a lot of safety for him in an environment that is extremely structured. And I'm not going to lie. Um, For as much as we have rituals and routines at home, my husband's a farmer, so every day looks a little different. My days have some predictability, and perhaps I could create more structure around that. But at the end of the day, like I'm still running a business that I love, that I know is important to me. And so I would still need supplemental childcare. And as much as our parents are willing to help, I don't know that they want to take on that all year long. So now that we are approaching school, I've been feeling a little bit anxious, like, oh my gosh, I'm making the right choice, yada, yada, yada. What should we be doing? And going to their back to school nights and hearing their joy and excitement has really calmed my anxious heart and been like, okay, so maybe 
there are pros and cons. There are things that I would love to be different about, you know, a best case scenario of what school could look like. I know if you live in a rural area, you also understand, you know, small school districts. And I mean, there's different things that go on everywhere, but, you know, resources and opportunities and, and all of that and options. But I guess my point in even bringing this up is, you know, what's best for your family in this season. And please do not harbor any guilt around what you feel like you should be doing based on what you see other people doing. Now, if you feel inspired to make a change in your life that you know is right for your family and you are working towards that, absolutely rock on. There are so many women in my community that feel pulled to bringing their family home who are looking to transition out of the workplace so that they can do that. And I am so on board with helping you make that goal and dream happen. But if you're sitting here like watching other people do not just this, but anything and starting to internalize guilt that either it feasibly cannot work for you in this season, or it's not something you even want to do, then don't spend time drowning in anxiety or stress or overwhelm or guilt or frustration over something that you know isn't the right choice for you in the first place. And that's what really lends into this conversation. So I've been talking about this in in different ways with some friends um, who do work kind of similar to what I do, and that we're seeing this revolution of people on social media, especially in this space, who are talking about that idea of like, go after your dreams, like pursue the goal, do the thing. And you know, I am a stand for that. I believe that any change, goal, dream, intention that you want to bring to life is possible. And I I touched on this a little bit in the one year anniversary episode of the podcast, the what does personal growth mean to you? So if you haven't already, go back and listen. But I think that that messaging has become overwhelming for some people who are already drowning in their current situation. And if I think about myself five years ago, let's say like 2018, 2019 if version of me, even though I was starting to think about these things, like I was so inundated in what my day-to-day life looked like. I was, you know, in the thick of really pouring into my career. I was pregnant. I was freshly postpartum. I had a toddler. Like I had so much on my plate and had not yet made the transition to understanding what I could do to change that, to even make space to build the thing, go after that thing, change whatever. Okay, it's it's hard to even find a, a good phrase for that because I know it looks so different for each and every one of you in all of our unique journeys. And so I'm seeing, you know, in my mastermind conversations and even things that come up at the retreat is like, okay, like I understand, like I'm empowered, I can do whatever I want, I can bring whatever I want to life, but like my plate's full, my plate is so full. Like, what does that even look like? And now we're internalizing this pressure to do the thing without even reverse engineering, like how we could even create space for it and what that potentially should even be. And so much like this homeschooling conversation, we are 
drowning in seeing what everyone else is doing and feeling like we should, but not even knowing where to start and maybe not even having an alignment with what makes sense for our very real life. It's one thing to see you know, people online or even in your community or in your friend group who are starting businesses or who are launching the podcast or who are getting the promotion, whatever, and feeling like, oh gosh, like I should be doing that too. I'm falling behind. Like, but do I want that? And I'm already at capacity. What does this even look like? So that's what we're really going to get into today because this is a big part of what we do at the Ascend Retreat. So my next Ascend Retreat is in March of 2024 in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Guys, we literally have a house on the beach. Last year, we did it in Branson and it was good. In fact, we had an incredible experience, an amazing time. And as far as the Missouri March weather gamble is concerned, we came out okay. But the coaches and I were like, no, we got to go back to the beach. It is March. We have been through a long winter. We went to walk with our feet in the sand. We went to take small groups outside. We went to feel the ocean on our face. I'm definitely not a person who wants to live like on the beach or in like a coastal area, but there is like a special connection and grounding that happens for me. And I think a lot of people, when you are in an environment that's so different from your own, gosh, what's the name of the song? The I go down and think my feet in the water. I can't, I can't think of the name. It's by Eli Young Band. And it's just really about like the spirituality of going down to the beach and like being connected to, to God or your higher power, like through that experience. And I think that there is so much value in that. And it's just like, after November, December, January, February, like we got to get some, we got to get some beach vibes and some sunshine. So anyway, Ascend Retreat is an incredible experience where rural women like you come together who are ready to make a change. Um, and sometimes people really know what that's going to look like and are looking for the push to get there. And I think a lot of times people come into the retreat, like I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to get out of this, but I am ready. Um, my plate is full. I've been feeling the tug for something more, whether it's a deeper intentionality, whether it is a career change, whether it's a family, a lifestyle, a relationship change. I have so many opportunities on the table. I know that I can go after the thing, but I don't know how. I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know where to start because right now I'm already overwhelmed with life and kids and farm and family and all of the things. And so throughout the course of the weekend, we dig really deep into all of that through this process that my coaches, Kylie Epperson and Coach Kaya and I have created together to, first of all, help you feel safe and vulnerable in this environment, build instant community with this room of strangers. I know it sounds literally insane, but if you talk to anyone who has come to an Ascend retreat before, it's like, I walked into the house and immediately knew that I had found my people. And it sounds like so clear. It sounds like it should be in like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movie or something, but it's like everyone is there with such similar intentions, maybe different goals, different journeys, different paths, different lives, but um, really with the intention of coming together 
to grow in community, to do the hard work and come out better on the other side. So we start, like I said, with digging deep and figuring out what's even in your plate and what needs to change in order to make space for something new. And so that's really what we're going to talk about today on a very short micro podcast level. This is like a whole day of the retreat. And that day is deeply emotional, really healing, really some big things come up that I think a lot of people didn't even realize were under the layers because we're not just talking in hypotheticals. We get in the thick of it. And then the next day is like, okay, now where do we go from here? How do we build it back up? What What is all on the table? What are the opportunities at hand? And how do we hone that in into a direction and an action plan to move forward? It is such a beautiful process. And every single person who has participated in this so far has walked away forever changed, maybe instantly in that moment. Um, now I'm at a really cool position where we're almost a year past since my first retreat and seeing the vastly different lives that these women are leading in big ways and in small ways is it gives me chills. Whether it's mindset, whether it's family, whether it's career, whether it is intentionality in the way that they take care of and love themselves, it's mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So there's more on that to come here on the podcast and on social media. Keep keep your eyes peeled. And if you if this sounds like something you want to get down with, there's links in the show notes for more information. You can always shoot me a message on Instagram or an email. I'd be happy to talk one-on-one about whether this is the right experience for you. But regardless, here is something that you can do today or tomorrow. Maybe you're listening to this like as you're going to bed and you're like, no, not today. Okay, save it for tomorrow. Something that you can do to start taking inventory on what is going on in your life and potentially what you could make space for going forward. So I think a lot of us are spending our time doing things that we feel like we should be doing. And maybe this comes from totally self-imposed expectations. Maybe this is something you have internalize on a societal level of something that a good girl or a good wife or a good mom does. Maybe this is unmet expectations or uncommunicated expectations between you and your partner. Maybe this is what you've seen modeled that your mom does or your mother-in-law does. This is just what everyone in your community does. But so much of our day-to-day is oftentimes rooted in things that we are doing without even a conscious awareness of why we're doing it or whether or not we want to be doing it, we feel like we should be doing it. And whether or not they really serve us, whether or not we really need to be doing them, whether or not they're really things that are rooted in intentionality or serving our future or really our family, we don't know a lot of times because we're just doing it because we feel like we should be doing. So Here's your first step. And this actually might be a multiple day process, but you can start with a giant brain dump. I want you to get out a piece of paper. If you're like fancy and have like big construction paper or poster board paper. Okay. I was a teacher. So I just like always have that stuff on hand. Most people probably don't. Okay. Grab a notebook, grab whatever. And I want you to brain dump every single thing that you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. 
everything you are responsible for. And think about even the scope of a week, like church, getting the kids dressed, picking out their clothes, scheduling doctor's appointments, doing the book work for the farm, list out everything you are responsible for at your job, everything that tends to fall on your shoulders in your house, everything that tends to be a responsibility in your relationship, scheduling date nights, everything that tends to be your responsibility if you have kids with your family. I mean, like every single little thing. Because I'm not just talking generalizations, like housework. No. Putting the dishes in the dishwasher, planning out the meals, doing the grocery shopping, cooking the meals, cleaning up, like every single granular little thing. And I'm not going to lie. It's probably going to take up pages because we got a lot on our plate. And I think you can double the impact on this if you can convince someone else you know to do this activity also and then compare notes. Because a lot of times we'll be like, I didn't even think about the fact that I was getting snacks for my kid's classroom. Oh my gosh, I wasn't even considering that I'm going out to feed the animal. Like so many of the things that you are just doing on autopilot won't even come to mind because they are just so ingrained in your reality. So maybe you take a couple of days to do this and just sun up to sundown over the course of the week. What is everything that occupies your mental space, your physical time, your emotional energy? And you're going to look at that and be like, wow, that is a lot. That is a lot. Then I want you to take a look at that list. And for every single one, or at least every single chunk of categories, why do you do it? And no, 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 you cannot just jump straight to, because I have to, because no one else will. Maybe that is true, but have you actually had that conversation? Could your kids do that? Could your spouse do that? Do you even have to do that? I think this comes up the most often with like our houses. It's a really easy example. Like we feel like we need to have these like picture perfect houses all the freaking time. And it's like, who actually even cares? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying live in constant chaos and filth because I'm the type of person, if my physical space is organized and tidy and clean, I feel better. I'm more productive. I'm more calm. It helps my anxiety. But like, who told you that having a spotless house every single day made you a good mom? Why do you believe that to be true? Is it true? Okay. Who told you that any of these things were required to be a successful, functional, enough person. So many of the things on your list are rooted in you feeling like you are being a good enough spouse, wife, mom, person, woman, business owner. And like you're very well playing by your own rules there. And maybe you're saying, oh, Emily, you don't understand if blah, blah, blah doesn't happen and my mom or my mother-in-law or my sister comes over, they're going to make a comment about it. Okay. I want you to check yourself. Why is their perception of your reality so important to you? Why does that comment trigger you so much that you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off doing all of these things to make them happy, proud, comfortable? What people pleaser approval addiction is lying internally 
whether or not they actually think about it whatsoever after they say it. Maybe it's just word vomit that comes out of their mouth. Maybe they go on with their life and never once think again about your countertop. But you haven't stopped thinking about your countertop ever since they said it. Or maybe they do continuously bring it up or talk you know, badly about it later. Why does that matter so much to you? And what conversation are you not willing to have? And instead you are bending over backwards to save face in there. Like, could you say, you know what? I got a lot going on right now. I'm balancing this and this and this. And I have decided that X, Y, and Z is a greater priority than having a spotless countertop in this season. If you would like to come over and clean my countertop, you are more than welcome. Or if you know of a good housekeeper that you would be willing to pay for, you can send them my way. I'm willing to accept the help. Okay, you see what I'm getting at here? And I think a house is just a really, as women, I think a lot of that falls on our shoulders. But why? But why? I know when my husband and I came into our relationship, we each had expectations of what that would be like. And a lot of it came down to me. And it wasn't the fault of either of us. That's just kind of what each of us knew and bring to the table. Well, you know, here we are nine years down the road. And it turns out that like the more work I've been doing about what's important to me, the less I care about how spotless the house is. And the more I'm starting to understand the functionality of my ADHD, the more I'm like, oh, that's why I leave that there because I want it to be there because I want to come back to it. Because if I put it away, I I literally forget that it exists. Now, my husband, on the other hand, it goes insane if like the dishes aren't put away at the end of the night. And I'm like, cool, then you do it. Okay. But if you're not having those kind of conversations with your spouse and they are fully imposing the expectations that are important to them, that's a different conversation. Friend, I am so giddy excited to announce that my next Ascend Retreat for Rural Women will be held this March 14th through 17th on the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You heard that right. Not only are we in for a weekend of profound life change surrounded by like-minded women from small towns, rural communities, and farms from all over the country and beyond, but we get to engage in small group conversations, one-on-one coaching, incredible workshops while overlooking white sand beaches and listening to crashing waves. Just imagine waking up in the morning and sipping coffee on the beach while engaging in meaningful conversations with women who truly get you. What would it be like to be in a room where you don't need to feel self-conscious about your personality or your quirks because you are wildly accepted for exactly who you are today. Just think about the energy that will be in this space as you dig deep, ask the hard questions, and figure out what you really want in this season of life, career, or business. If you're in a place where you feel like you've checked all of the boxes in life, but honestly feel like something is missing, or maybe you've kind of lost yourself through motherhood, career, or transitioning back to the farm, And you can't really imagine what comes next, but know that there's something that's meant for you. Or honestly, if you just need a kick in the pants jumpstart to begin the trajectory of bringing your crazy dreams to life, this is the retreat for you. Space is limited to 15 attendees and spots will fill fast. There are flexible payment options available to fit your lifestyle and budget for over the next year. 
For more information or to reserve your spot, tap the link in today's show notes. I absolutely cannot wait to welcome you into the Ascend community and welcome you into an experience that I know for certain will change your life. See you in Gulf Shores. I've seen some people do an activity with their spouse, much like what we just did, except for they individually write them all on like note cards. So everything that you just dumped into your notebook, each one gets a note card and then your spouse does it. And then you inventory to make sure everyone's got everything. And then you put them side by side. I'm talking work, kids, house, farm, family, all of the things. And if one stack is drastically higher than the other, then you lay them all out and figure out what can change together. Because then you're having that type of conversation about what are the expectations. And maybe there's cards that don't even need to be there. Maybe together you decide, eh, that's actually not a priority. Neither of us think that that's that important. Why are we spending our time on it? Maybe that we can, maybe we could let that go. Or maybe we could do it less frequently. Maybe that's like a weekly to-do or a monthly to-do instead of something we're constantly thinking about. But if you and your partner are not having that conversation, ultimately what happens is one or both of you gets resentful about unmet expectations. So that's a side tangent. But ultimately, that's what you're going to do with yourself is why is this important to me? Why do I do it? Does this even matter? Does this matter to the frequency and expectation that I think it does? And maybe it matters, but it doesn't matter whether you do it or not. I'm telling you, the best money I spend every single month is someone who comes and cleans my house. And it's a simple thing. She comes every other week. She's here for a couple of hours. She mostly focuses on like the bathrooms and the floors and the countertops. Like we are tidy people for the most part, but it's like the stuff that we would just never get around to doing. And then we would be like salty that we're spending six hours on a Sunday doing it as a family. And we were like, this isn't, this isn't how we want to spend our time. And so she does it and she's amazing and I love her and it's so worth it. Now, I am not saying that that is for you. Maybe it is having your groceries delivered. Maybe it is some sort of meal service. Maybe it's a lawn care service, okay? And I know that everything I'm listing costs money, but maybe there's someone in your community you can trade with. Maybe there's something you don't mind doing and someone else doesn't mind doing and you swap. I also firmly believe that if there's a will, there's a way. So if you are recognizing, wow, we both literally hate cleaning the toilets, someone else can do that. What am I willing to change in order to make that true? Okay. If you are, I feel like saying you're going out for coffee doesn't work as well in small towns because we just don't have as many coffee shops as someone who like, you know, lives in a more populated area, but whatever. Maybe there's somewhere else that you can make some sort of change to make that true. And maybe not, but maybe that's a goal that you work towards. Cool. Now we just made a goal. Okay. So you have brain dumped your responsibilities. You have inventoried. Why am I doing this? Why is it important to me? Who am I trying to please in this? Is this bringing me joy? Is this getting me closer to where I want to go? Or am I doing this because I feel like I should? But there's actually no bigger reason other than that. Okay. That's really helpful information. Okay. Another thing you can do is 
if I forced you to take that daily responsibility list and I asked you to rank them one to 10 of the things that are the most important to you, most important to you, how much time are you spending on them versus how much time are you spending doing things that are not the most important to you? If you say that having a strong relationship with your kids is number one priority, but you are spending way more time. I don't know why I keep bringing up toilets. (laughs) But you know what I mean? If you're spending way more time doing these things that actually don't matter that much to you, that's a misaligned priority. So get serious with yourself. What is the most important to you? Okay. So work might have to be really important to you. Let's be honest. These kids, berries are expensive. My daughter can eat a carton of berries in one sitting. She could eat three cartons of berries a day. Homegirl costs a lot of money in berries alone. So work might have to be a priority. Obviously, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not your, maybe that's not your truth. But <laughs> here's where I know I also got caught up in the past. How much work do you actually have to do? Because I bent over backwards and put in way more, not only physical hours, but emotional energy into the jobs that I was doing well beyond what was expected of me. Because again, I love a gold star. I like to get the job done well. I want to make everyone happy. I want people to tell me I'm doing a good job. Like I understand why I did all of those things at the time that I did them. But looking back on it, I'm like, for what? Yeah. I was doing a good job. Yeah, when I think about my time at the Y, I was named one of the top 30 under 30 in the YMCA movement. That's a really big deal, guys. And it likely was because I was going above and beyond. I was bending over backwards. I was putting work before my family. And I will admit that. But in retrospect, why? I loved my job. I loved the work that I was doing. But I could have been doing really, really good work without sacrificing my other priorities along the way. So whether it's your business, whether it's stuff on the farm, whether it's your house, whether it's X, Y, and Z, if the way that you are spending your time does not align with the things that you say are the most important to you, that's how you can start making changes. How can you start building healthy boundaries around work? How can you start setting realistic expectations? How can you reframe your mindset around what it means to be a good wife, a good mom, a good person, while also taking some stuff off your plate? Okay? Because every day of your life does not need to be Thanksgiving. Here's what happens on Thanksgiving. We (laughs) fill our plates or we have like, for me, I don't necessarily like all of my foods touching. I'm weird like that. So I have multiple plates. And I'm going up for seconds. I'm getting as much on my plate as possible. But y'all, if you live every day like it's Thanksgiving, that's why you are so freaking burnt out. That's why you come to me and say, Emily, I did all the things. I got the degree. I got the job. I got married. We bought the farm. I have the babies. Why am I still so miserable? Why can't I be grateful for this beautiful life that I have? It's because your plate is overflowing. So then someone comes on and says, Emily, do the thing, go after the goal, reach your dreams. And you're like, when and how? And now I feel guilty because I'm not doing the thing. I'm not taking care of myself. 
but you have so much on your freaking plate, you're drowning. So let some of it go. Inventory. What is the most important stuff in your life? What can you decrease the frequency of? What can you eliminate altogether? Who can you get on board to help you? Because people want to help you. And if they don't want to help you, that's another conversation for a different day. What can you outsource? And what can you give yourself permission to let go of? Then, and only then, will you have space to even consider what comes next. Otherwise, you are just dumping more mashed potatoes on your plate and you're going to increase the amount of overwhelm. Without inventorying what's in front of you, without making changes to make space, of course you don't have the capacity to take on to a new goal because it's just adding 20 more things to your to-do list that is already way too long. So here in a few weeks, we're going to get into a conversation about what it means to set goals, intentions, dreams, and priorities that are aligned with the life that you want to live. But before we get to that point, you have got to inventory where you are at. You have got to create space. You have got to let some things go. You have got to give yourself a freaking break. You are doing so much and already feeling like you're not enough. You are more than enough. You are going above and beyond in so many places in your life. And you are stretched so thin that your brain is like fizzling out at all given times during the day because it's trying to do so much. So here is your permission. Do less. Do less. And that doesn't mean you're sitting here going, oh God, my gosh, Emily, that sounds so lazy. I can't believe that a go-getter like you is telling me to do less. No, do more of the things that matter. Do more of the things that light you up. Do more of what gets you closer to the life you want to have. Do more for the relationships that you want to grow. Do more for the things that you really care about. Do less of the stuff that you feel obligated to do, that you feel like you should be doing, that are rooted in expectations that are unrealistic and completely unnecessary in the first place. Because I promise, once you start unpacking this and start digging into what could change, that's where the ideas come. That's where the inspiration comes. That's where the passion grows. That's where the joy comes from. That's how we start dreaming, but you cannot dream if you don't have space. So until next time, I am so forever grateful for you. If this conversation has got you fired up and you want to know more, if you want some really rock star coaches to walk through this with you and ask you the really hard questions that you're afraid to answer, if you want to do this in a room of women who are doing the same thing, it's a freaking cool experience. Go to the link in the show notes to get more information about my upcoming Ascend Retreat in Gulf Shores, Alabama. It's going to be amazing. And I would love to see you there. Until next time, I am so very forever grateful for you. And I really, truly mean that. Have a great week. 
Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.